little something extra. It does. It's like, <laughs> it's like giving me love right now. <laughs> During the pandemic, she's all I have. I get it. Okay. Brett, thanks for coming all the way down here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I say that because he's my neighbor. <laughs> I walked uh, 20 feet to get here. That's why I'm really thirsty. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just thought that you would be really cool to have on this week because I love your story. And obviously, like those of you that tune in every week know that I just love inspirational stories of people that actually you know, like go for their dreams and not just kind of settle for a nine to five that they hate. And, and so you're definitely that person that has always gone for, you know, your passion and your dream and you continue to, and you moved here during a pandemic, which is challenging. Um, so I just, I love your story and I thought that it would be really inspirational for everybody else to hear. Love it. I'm happy to share my story. Thank you. Yeah. So let me get, let me try to get it all right. Okay. Okay. You were born in California in Newport and then went to Alabama. Yes. Somewhere went to New York and then came back to LA. Right. Well, you're, you got it pretty much, but I went to Alabama for like a year and a half and then I moved to Georgia and that's where I lived the majority of my life. That's where I went to school, to college, you know, lived there up until I graduated college and then I moved to New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Alabama, Georgia, you know, like they border, it's close. So. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so you were born here, but how long did you stay before I was here till age five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so do you remember kid. it? I do. Actually, I was in Newport Beach and I remember my dog and my older sisters and just kind of like playing around on my block, um, playing basketball with the neighbors. Just running around um, in my backyard and all sorts of stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a. It was a beautiful time, like being a kid. But then I'm to Alabama and everything changed. Do you remember being sad moving? Um, not really. I guess I wasn't even. I don't know if I was even aware so much of what was going on. I was just like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't. I don't quite recall if I was like sad. My sisters were sad. They were older than me, so they probably knew more of what was going on. But I was more just going with the flow, five-year-old kid. I don't care what the hell's going on. Because <laughs> I moved from, it wasn't like far, but I moved mm-hmm. from Lake Elsinore to Hemet okay. when I was 10. So I was a little older, but I remember being kind of devastated. Like I was excited for the new house because it was like, I grew up in a mobile home until I was 10. And then we got wow. like this two-story house that my parents still live in and it was like being built and I remember thinking we're rich we have like stairs and like it was like you know <laughs> to come uh, from the yeah and so I was like excited for that but then I realized like I had to leave my friends <laughs> and I had always gone to public school or private school and then go to a public school for the first time so those nerves so I just oh. wondered if you had so when you went to um Alabama mm-hmm. you did was that like an easy do you remember that trip like kind of easy? I just remember the whole environment and the surroundings of Alabama was so different than California California kind of has that like golden sunshine everyone's kind of tan and all that kind of stuff and then Alabama it just was a little dreary southern mm-hmm. whole different like you know, the trees look different the buildings look different the people walked and talked differently but I didn't quite 
you know, even know what was going on. I was just a kindergartner. Um, but I could tell that it was a different place altogether. It was a different feel. And it it affected, you know, my sisters and my, my mom and dad. Definitely, you know, shaped our family dynamic. Um, but I was just, you know, along for the ride, happy-go-lucky, and I was only in Alabama for like a year and a half and mm -hmm. made some friends, and it was a interesting time. Why did you guys move there? I think my dad may have lost his job and needed to, and then another place hired him that was in Alabama, and it was a cheaper cost of living, and I just don't think he was really digging California anymore. It was getting more and more expensive. So we left our little house in Newport Beach and then moved into like a very suburban, um, big neighborhood with, with the houses were just like more sprawling and had more of like a colonial style. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just for my dad's work basically. And then you went there about a year or so and then... Yeah, and then Georgia. And Georgia's, Georgia. I'm like more of a Georgia kid than anything else, I guess. Um, Cause from age seven to age, I guess 23 when I graduated. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where I was, Georgia. Did you like it? I like Georgia. I was always kind of um, different because I was like the only Jewish kid and everyone was Christian. I mean, I never got, I mean, I got teased a little bit, but was never like picked on big time sometimes, but nothing crazy. Um, so I think part of that is what made me more into being Jewish because I was constantly being reminded that I was the only Jewish kid and somehow that kind of, affirmed it in my identity and um yeah i mean i hung with all the kids played sports with everybody did theater with everybody and i was just one of the one of the guys but i think i was always a little different because i had a little bit of a california vibe everyone always said are, are you like a surfer or something you, you look like you <laughs> would have been a surfer, surfer. the yeah. first time i met you <laughs> i remember thinking this guy's gotta be a surfer i mean we're in yeah. santa monica yeah you were like chilling in a lounge show outside of your place yeah. And my dog, Faith, goes up to him, and I'm like, this guy is a total surfer. <laughs> like, that's just the vibe that I, that I got from you. Um, I get that. <laughs> so. I've always been like that. And I, I think I had just gotten back from the beach when I met you that day. So, you know, mm -hmm. kind of close to being a surfer. I have been body surfing in the waves. That's what I love to do. I love being in the ocean, but mm -hmm. I've surfed a couple times, but um, got more work to do to get better at it. I could yeah. be a surfer. I Same. see it. I see it. I am too nervous to surf just yeah. because, like, one of my good friends, Jesse, is a professional surfer, and he, you know, was uh, paralyzed, is paraplegic from, mm. from an accident, and then I'm scared of sharks, and so my vibe is, like, I like paddle boarding. Yeah. Early in the morning before there are any waves. Yeah. But then I'm still scared of sharks. I don't know. It's just, it's a... Or those stingrays, or... You know, any fish. Yeah. Kind of be scary. Well, scary. I um, I didn't realize. Like, I thought there probably aren't that many sharks like this close in until my client has a helicopter, and every once in a while we go to Santa Barbara for lunch, and come back and we do the coast there, and I have seen quite a few. You've and, taken a helicopter to Santa Barbara for lunch, and you saw the sharks. I, we do it like a, a couple times a month. So cool. And, Can, um, I Can I come? Can I come sometime and just go sure. shark spotting with you? I'm sure you wouldn't mind. So, um, but we see sharks and I'm like, they're so close to the surfers. Like they have no idea yeah. that they're right there and they're just chilling they're and just, surfing. And, I'm, yeah. and I've never, obviously like we don't hear of many attacks here, right. but 
but they're there and they're chilling and they're not really bothering the surfers, but they have no idea. And I'm like, oh, they're just hanging. Scary. They're just trying to be part of the hang. Just, mm-hmm. just kicking it. I've heard what is it only like six shark attacks or six deaths from sharks every year? I should know this because I love that. Shark Week and I, <laughs> <laughs> I love Shark Week and Which? I, I'm obsessed every year and I don't know the answer to that, but I'll figure it out. I think it's pretty low. Um, but yeah, that's the cool thing about being in Santa Monica. The ocean's yeah. right here and. Yeah. It's the best place to be. And everyone's complaining right now that it's super hot. Like, my friends in the valley are like, it's so hot. And I'm like, it's like 70. Yeah, I know. Um, and then I went to see my family in heaven last weekend, mm-hmm. and it was 106. Oh. And then I come back here, and it was 64. And I'm like, this is the best place in the world. I even have clients in New York that are like, it's yeah. so hot and humid. And I'm like, I'm chilling. Yeah, it's that beach, that ocean breeze. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. I love it so much. So. Getting back to your childhood, yes. were you the popular kid or did you feel because you were one of the only Jewish people that you, did you feel like people, you know, treated you differently or anything or did you just fit in with everybody and everyone I, was like... I got along pretty well with everybody. I ended up being, like in high school, I was on homecoming court and prom court. I was actually Mr. Woodland High School. I know it's my biggest accomplishment Look today. at that! <laughs> No. Um, yeah, I got along with people, I think because I moved there when I was young and was still kind of developing as as a kid, like my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to just kind of, I don't know, just kind of fit in easily. I remember when I first moved to Georgia and I was trying to hang out with kids on my block, I would get picked on and teased and we'd get in a lot of fights. And then I guess eventually they started to respect me and then I, I don't know, I started getting along with everybody. Um, I think I had two older sisters and everyone kind of liked them. So I think that might have helped too. I was like, Brett's sisters are hot. Let's be nice to them <laughs> kind of thing. So that was part of it. Um, but, you know, I, at the beginning, yeah, I was always picked on. But eventually I found my way. I played sports with everybody, like I said. And I was always kind of different because I loved to do theater. And I was a musician as a kid and I played piano and people kind of thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And I eventually led a lot of my other friends growing up to get involved with theater and that helped me kind of establish myself um as you know i guess a cool kid because i made theater cool that's amazing you kind of remind me of my friend jomar who has been on the podcast he's a a life coach now so much more Mm -hmm. than that but life coach i guess would be his title and he was very similar in in our school he um was this amazing talented like football player but then could play piano and guitar and sing and he was in choir with me which was considered nerdy yeah but then he was also like on the football team and like was on the same like homecoming king and all that and was um kind of everywhere you guys would get along he lives here i want to introduce you guys his name's jamar Jomar. Jomar. It's yeah. a cool name. I want to hang out with Jomar. Yeah, he's amazing. That's definitely how it was because I, I was kind of a part of every little clique, I guess. I was like hanging with the athletes and I could hang with the theater kids or the band kids or whatever. I didn't really discriminate. I've always been taught that, you know, not to, to, to be a part of everybody and not, mm-hmm. it's, if people are kind of outcasts, that's when you should right. be nice to them because... Yeah. I'd like to think I was that way in high school. It's interesting. I didn't ever feel like I fit in with the popular crowd, yet I was. Mm -hmm. But I always felt like I didn't deserve to be there. Really? Like, like they were all, like, so gorgeous. Like, all these girls still, to say, gorgeous. 
and all the guys wanted them and I felt like for whatever reason they want to be my friend <laughs> but I'm like I'm such a nerd and I don't like I just felt like I didn't fit in yeah. and so I was like in choir which was considered nerdy but then uh, Jomar made it cool and then I was like <laughs> on the <laughs> thanks Jomar. Jomar. <laughs> and then I was like on the dance team with all the popular girls and sure. so that was considered cool and then I would hang out with like the band nerds and, and like the punk kids exactly. and the stoners even though I never smoked and like I was kind of like friends with everybody yeah and I just um yeah I don't know I, and I'd like to think that I was like I could relate to the nerdy kids that didn't fit yeah. in but then I could also I wanted to be popular so of course and fit in with those girls and yeah yeah so I the get plastics. that no, the, <laughs> the plastics no one accepted but yeah. yeah, I honestly found like kind of the weird offbeat kids more interesting. Just like talking to them and hearing their thoughts. I just thought they had funnier, more interesting things to say. Mm -hmm. um, popular kids were cool, I, I guess, but I don't know. I liked everybody. Everyone kind of had something different to offer and it helped shape me to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't try to like discriminate between, I mean, even the emo kids were fine and I can't stand emo music. They were fun, <laughs> they were fun to talk to. So. Did you have like a high school sweetheart or were you just kind of single all through school? Or I had a girlfriend junior year and she was a senior and I think we split when she graduated. I think freshman year I was actually seeing a senior girl and she was trying to keep it on the down low because she was kind of embarrassed which made me feel great <laughs> me and my braces but uh she was cute i crushed on all sorts of girls in high school um but i think senior year i was just kind of chilling and just getting ready to get the hell out of cartersville georgia and go anywhere else did you know what you wanted to do when you graduated high school it's interesting when i was graduating i was very gung-ho about israel because I studied, I didn't study, I went on a trip there when I was 16 with a bunch of summer camp friends, a bunch of my Jewish friends, and just fell in love with the culture, with, with the history and the people. And I was like, you know, I want to graduate high school, go to Israel, and join the army. Oh, wow. Kind of crazy, right? Well, they have this program that um, brings in people that are Jewish, that are from different countries, and they serve for like a year and a half, and they get all these perks, and it's this whole experience, and I was just so all about that because I think by age 18 I was like I don't really dig America I don't it's kind of like a already an expat at heart for some reason I just I don't know just like the culture and um I didn't want to go to college get a job get married you know follow the whole um mm -hmm. plan that we're supposed to I kind of thought American culture was shallow and I saw this vibrance in Israeli culture and people that live there like really gave a damn about being Israeli because they all had to serve and they're always under this kind of pressure. So they give this, they take life more seriously because yeah. it's, it can slip away at any given moment in that country. Mm -hmm. So there was something about that that really drew me to that country. And, and I've heard it's really fun to live there. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the food, the people, the history, the parties. I mean, I, I still have a lot of Israeli friends and I care a lot about Israeli politics and everything. And um, I was just obsessed with it at that age. I felt like it was my calling. Because um, up until then, I was I was an actor. I had been acting since I was like a preteen. And I just didn't really want to keep pursuing it um, I wanted to just kind of change everything and do a whole 180 and 
do something so different. So what made you want to act at that like that young? Did you tell your mom and dad like I want to I want to get into acting or how did that go down? I think my parents just got me involved with it when I was like 7 or 8. I was doing musical theater camp, summer musical theater camp at the community theater in our town. That's another question I had. Yeah. Were your parents really musical or how did you get into music? My mom was for sure. I mean, my dad is too. He would listen to music, but my mom would play piano and sing really loud. And I think that's one of the biggest influences as a kid growing up was listening to her play piano and just listening to her voice resonate off a wall. Like it was so uh, loud and I mean, beautiful, but uh, I can like still I still have memories of a kid, of being a kid and like listening to my mom playing piano and just her voice echoing off the walls. It's still very um, profound in my memory. And she got me involved with with chorus as a kid, with piano lessons, with theater, and I just fell in love. Um, I think there was just nothing more fun to me. Like I said, I played a bunch of sports, but nothing was more fun than putting on a show with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And theater kids are just like fun and goofy and weird, and <laughs> it was just fun to hang out with them. Um, and I, and I loved it and I was good at it. And I think it was an outlet for me being like the youngest in my family, the only boy. I kind of wasn't getting the attention that I wish I had gotten. But when I was in that theater singing a song or going crazy on stage and getting that applause, it was just, I couldn't get enough of it. And that's why I still do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was 18. I had done a ton of, I went to a theater high school. I won like best actor a couple times doing um, one act competitions in my region and then we would go to state and compete on the state level. So I was like the actor kid in my high school. But I just kind of was fed up with it a little bit and I wanted to try something else and explore something more historical, spiritual. I was really getting getting into like Jewish history and wanted to kind of dive into that um, by going to Israel. Like my grandfather used to go to Israel all the time and would open up these Jewish community centers and help fund all these programs in Israel through American companies. And he met David Ben-Gurion, who was, um, he was the first prime minister of Israel. My dad met David Ben-Gurion and I ended up studying abroad in Israel when I was 20 and studying at David Ben-Gurion University. So it's just kind of funny how how that all happened. so yeah, it was just Israel just had like a very special place in my heart, and it still does. And I was really especially obsessed with it then. Yeah. Yeah. What made you decide not to join the military there well, and come back? I I thought I was going to, but at the last minute, my mom was like, "Nope, you're not going to Israel. You have a scholarship to the University of Georgia. Um, it's all paid for, you know, because I got Hope Scholarship. Hope is um, you'll get your tuition covered if you maintain a good GPA in high school." So I was like, great, I'm gonna go to Georgia and stay in Georgia for four more years. Um, Cause I really didn't apply to any other colleges and I thought I was gonna go to Israel, but at the last minute, nope, just gonna go to the state school. But I ended up going to UGA, which was great. And then two years later when I was a sophomore, I ended up studying abroad in Israel and loved it. But I had a girlfriend at the time and that's what took me back to the United States and I didn't stick it out in Israel, um, which was fine. So I came back to UGA Um, in college and was like, you know what? Since I was in Israel, I was playing a ton of music. It was actually the first place that I played live shows um, with my guitar. Me and this other kid would play at bars and gigs or uh, pubs and like different music venues in Israel and like got a little following. It was fun. 
And then I came back to the U.S. and was just like, you know what, I want to just keep doing music, and I still love acting, so I'm going to just keep doing acting. And that's what's brought me to where I am now. Yeah, so what made you uh, just decide, like, it was right before the pandemic or during? It was before it. So right before, you decided to come to California? Yeah. So I was in New York, and doing music, doing theater, and I got an offer to do the show Million Dollar Quartet in San Diego in the summer of 2019 really fun musical and I had done it once before and I was like yeah I'm gonna go to San Diego and do this show for the summer and live by the beach and live the good life in California and so that's what brought me out here I always told myself that I wouldn't come to California or I wouldn't come to LA from New York unless I had a job and that happened the job opened up and it was a really fun show came out here um, it was summer 2019 it was a super successful show a lot of people kept coming back for more and they said it was so successful that they were gonna do it again the following summer. So I decided not to go back to New York, to move to LA from San Diego after the show closed, stay with my friend who is a very dear friend of mine who I went to high school with, who's a drummer, and to start a band and just hit the LA scene as hard as we could and start booking shows right away. And we were doing that and we were recording, we were rehearsing, we were recruiting new band members and then COVID hit. So that's how that worked. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> it was, it was, but a lot of good things happened after that. Um, for those first few months, he was, uh, I was staying with him in Culver City, and we were just like, well, what are we going to do? When's this going to end? You know, let's just hang in there. And he was like, look, I don't like LA during COVID. I'm going to move back to Georgia. And I was like, okay, I guess I have a month to find a place and fend for myself in LA during a pandemic. Um, but fortunately, got on Craigslist. Craigslist. It's been there for me in a pinch many times. <laughs> and I found this apartment right down the street, rent controlled, fully furnished, and um, applied and got it. And that's where I've been ever since a year ago. I moved in almost exactly a year ago. It was like July 5th. Wow. Yeah. That's fate. Yeah. I'm meant to be here. That's what I say. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. That's what I hear. <laughs> Especially I mean, in Santa Monica or LA in general. I guess only in crazy pandemic situations, which yeah. never happen. So it all worked out for the better. So and how did you spend the pandemic then? So when I moved in there, I was working for a lawyer. Um, I mean, during the pandemic, when I was still in Culver City, I was doing, I was driving for Lyft. I was doing temp work. I was doing Instacart. Just hustling. Hustling. I mean, I had an agent. I got an agent pretty quickly when I came out here, but as soon as the pandemic hit, there were no auditions. And I was like, well, I can't act. There's nowhere to play music. I'm just gonna have to do the day job grind for a little bit. And, you know, thank God for unemployment because I was supposed to do that show again uh, during the summer. And the show didn't work out because of COVID. So the unemployment that I received kind of covered what I would have made from the show, which was a huge boost. And I was doing the day job hustle and then I ended up working for this lawyer and then I moved here. And then I, I couldn't stand working for the lawyer. He was terrible. He was just super nitpicky and just kind of an evil guy and didn't pay well at all. Um, and I was, after I moved into my apartment out here, I went down the street to go celebrate with my friend who helped me move in. We got a couple beers. And I was like, you know, this restaurant's pretty cool. Maybe I'll just have to get back into restaurants for a little bit. Why not? 
And I talked to the manager and boom, I was hired at this restaurant called Margo's. Love Margo's. Yeah. Shout out to Margo's. Margo's. Yeah, I know. It set me up. I met so many great people through Margo's and I would just work there in the mornings four or five days a week. And that got me through that part of the pandemic. And while I was working there, I was able to just continue getting myself situated in Santa Monica and uh, auditions started happening again and I ended up booking a feature film that took me to Alabama for two weeks, which was super fun. I was a supporting role in that. And then that was like middle November 2020. Um, and then I came back and then everything was shut down again and Margo's got shut down. And I was like, oh man. So that was, that was probably the part of the pandemic that was the most difficult was when things got shut down really tight here at the very right. end of 2020. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, like people that I were that I was hanging out with weren't available. I couldn't play gigs anymore. The auditions dried back up, and even my day job was gone. So, but I, you know, I figured it out, and once March rolled around started booking stuff again and did a commercial with Usher, which was really fun. That's amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's tough, like, during those times. Like, I had a couple of those moments during the pandemic mm -hmm. of, oh, my God. Like, I'm, I'm very blessed to have clients that I've had for years that were willing to do Zoom. But I thought, you know, they're all mostly in the entertainment industry, and that was all shut down. Yeah. And so they weren't making money, and even though they're wealthy they have big bills and sure. nothing coming in and they're like oh and they they felt responsible for me because we've mm -hmm. you know and so they were like i'm trying to find a way to keep you but you're kind of a luxury for me and i'm like yeah. this is reality like uh i don't know what i would do if i mean i've been training for the last 10 years mm -hmm. what would i and you have that moment of like panic and you're like no it's gonna figure itself out yeah um, and you get through it, but like I had a couple of those like panic moments too during the pandemic. Of yeah. This reality of like, do I like start working for Uber? <laughs> like, what do I what do? I do? Like, no, don't panic, do that. <laughs> this panic of that, you know, of like, what do I do? Yeah. Because I, I knew eventually things would get back to normal, mm -hmm. and now I'm busier than I have been in a really long time like even yeah. before the pandemic because now everybody wants to get back to it but but yeah it was it was really stressful I think for everybody off and on during totally. that time when everything was like really shut down um so did you use that time to like write yeah you write a lot of your own stuff I wrote a lot for sure um I even did some extra work like producing songs for other people mm -hmm. um there's this little venue in Redondo Beach called Natty's Crawdaddies that I ended up playing at a few times kind of illegally because they I don't I guess it wasn't illegally they just kind of found a loophole and the police didn't really care if you were playing live music so I just went down there every now and then and played which was nice um and little bookings here and there but they were kind of spotty just because there weren't many auditions and yeah just kind of like I was in a relationship and that'll keep you busy and I was just working on writing a ton and just perfecting my craft and um, I mean it was just that was like holidays January and February so it was those three months that I was just mm -hmm. kind of floundering a little bit but did a little bit of traveling and just did as much as I could to maintain sanity because mm -hmm. I think everyone was going through it then like all over the country 
and everyone had their their battle to fight. Mm -hmm. So I was just fighting it, yeah. and um, so you know, many. it was like a roller yeah. coaster. I feel like we all had different um, yeah. different stages of COVID. Yeah, where I thought it was only gonna last two weeks, <laughs> like everybody else, and yeah. I was like, this is amazing because I get like two weeks of. <laughs> Like almost a vacation right. of just like not having to be stuck in traffic for hours, and I'm like, hopefully this isn't too bad with like as far as mm -hmm. like deaths and everything. I was like not really taking it seriously. Yeah. I'm like, this will pass. Two weeks, it's not gonna be bad. And then it hit that this is really serious, mm -hmm. and you see people getting sick and dying, and I'm like, oh, like this is bad. And then and then you realize like this is gonna last a long time, and. And then I tried to like, you know, be positive and, and you know what, like I have to be honest for the first few months, I actually was in a really great place yeah. because I gave my body the break it needed nice. physically, mentally, um, everyone was still training over zoom. I hadn't lost anybody yet and I didn't have to leave my house and I could like schedule everyone back to back and be done by like two and then just Netflix the rest of the day. Yes. And, uh, and then I started like, like later losing, you know, clients and had this moment of panic. And then at the end of the year, I lost my grandpa to COVID. And then mm -hmm. a month later, I lost my grandma mm -hmm. just from heartbreak and, and seeing my dad go through Sorry. this depression. Thank you. And, and then and and then it got and then I was also in a relationship during COVID mm -hmm. and I was like on cloud nine because I thought I was gonna marry this guy and mm -hmm. like so happy and and then we broke up and it was devastating and I bought a dog <laughs> like I went through so many stages like everybody else like a lot of people bought dogs a lot of people yeah I mean you couldn't rescue one like there was nothing no? available oh, yeah. um oh. and so I bought mine i get a lot of crap from like buying a dog but i feel like i just i skipped over the middleman like they all come yeah. from breeders i think and then it just trickles down so we're <laughs> no judgment from, from here if you want an animal to be around you all the time then you Maybe probably want to she's the best yeah, thing cool. she's the best yeah. um so i'm not gonna give you any like Non, uh, what is it? Shaming you for that? <laughs> Rescue uh, shaming. My friend Jason, who's a comedian who was on a little bit ago, mm -hmm. he has this actually stand-up joke. I was gonna mention it, and I didn't on the podcast. He has this joke about buying his dog from breeder and the crap he gets in LA, and he—it's <laughs> so terrible. But in his joke, he's like, "Hey." Don't be mad at me because I wanted to pay extra for all the legs. Like, you're the one. <laughs> and I'm like, that's awful. That's so awful. So funny. But it is a thing in LA. We get a lot of crap. But, um, yeah, everyone, you know, is on their high horse out here. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so, so now everything's opening back up. I got to see you at Margo's the other day. Yes. It was amazing. Which, by the way, if you guys are in LA um, or like near Santa Monica, Margo's is vegan now, which is amazing. Um, so shout out to them. Shout out. Uh, but you were amazing and you have you. like a thing every, every week. Yeah. Here. So things are good right now. Very busy. Um, I have two residencies during the week, Thursdays tonight at oh, yeah, yeah, Ashland Hill, Santa Monica, uh, from seven to nine. And then Margo's on Fridays from seven to nine every week. It's amazing. So yeah. So Those it's, are good residencies. Yeah. It's chill. It's just solo acoustic covers and originals while people eat um i'm happy with it people are nice and i've met some great people it opens up more doors for me 
And then I'm excited to start playing venues that are like music venues and playing like originals for people that come out to see artists. Mm -hmm. um, but right now it's, it's paying the bills and it's cool. And um, it's a good start, I think, for like being fresh mm -hmm. out of a pandemic. I mean, the pandemic's still going on, but we're all, we're moving towards things. We're so I'm happy in, yeah, with where, forward. yeah, I'm happy with where I am as far as where we are in the pandemic. Yeah. When I can go see you at Hotel Cafe, I'll be a very happy girl. Me too. I'll be a happy girl too. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you're working on a new single. Mm -hmm. um, that's very exciting. Yes. Um, what are you hoping this next year, like hopefully, you know, we're just moving towards and continue to like move forward yeah. from this. What are you hoping for this next year? Lots of music, lots of shooting you know, film and, and TV, just lots of gigs and just putting myself out there as an artist as much as I can, meeting as much, meeting as many great people as I can that are artistic, that I can collaborate with, just creating great, yeah, creating great work with great people. That's all I want to do. Um, I'm really excited about this single. I think it's going to make waves. Um, it's my favorite song that I've worked on thus far. I met a really great producer um, that I actually met through Maddie's Crawdaddies. Uh, when I was playing down in Redondo and we hit it off and we've got a great vibe and we're going to make a lot of music together and music videos and um, just being as creative and fearless as possible and um, I'm going to make this single great. I want it to get a million streams on Spotify and I want to build a new band and play a bunch of gigs solo but also with the band and just to book some really fun shoots. Awesome. So, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And I know I'm super excited. You're going to play for yeah. us. Not the new single, because that's got to be like, you know, and it's a, it's a big moment. A so we're going to wait for that. Yeah. Um, but you're going to perform one of yeah. your original songs. I am. I'm going to play this song. I actually wrote it on piano, but I adapted it to guitar. It's called Do You Ever Think About Me? I'm excited. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs>
ever think about me sometimes or did you forget it? Do you ever think about me sometimes or did you forget it? Do you always leave your hands untied and you're afraid? So do you ever think about me sometimes? Give me some You can find me on Instagram, at Brett Benowitz, Apple Music, Spotify, just Brett Benowitz, just search Brett Benowitz, you'll find me everywhere. Yay, you're so tall. Yeah, I'm done. Thank you. There we go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> that was awesome, thank you so much. Thank you. All right guys, check them out. Bye. Bye.